Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. All right, hey, good morning everybody. My name is Adam Russell. I'm the pastor here. Really, really stoked to have you in the room with us this morning, and I want to talk to you out of a short passage from Paul this morning, and I want to talk to you in a message that I'm calling, Jesus Came for Sinners. Jesus Came for Sinners. Really, the only thing I want to do this morning is I just want to preach some good news to you uh, for a few minutes this morning, and uh, before I do that, I want to tell you a tiny, tiny, tiny little story. Uh, About a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, at the beginning of May, I was up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I was up there for the express purpose of doing some podcasts, and I got to sit down with Carol Wimber. So uh, that's kind of a big deal, uh, especially for me. Uh, That may not mean anything to you, but I'll I'll sort of fill you in. So the beginnings of the Vineyard Movement, not just this church, but the whole worldwide movement, really started with with a handful of couples, and two of the main couples were John and Carol Wimber, and they lived in Southern California and so really their ministry sort of took root there, and then it, it's, it's exploded, and, and it even means that we're together, you know? And I went up there to do a podcast with Carol. She's like 83, and I went up to just hang out with her and get the story from the person who actually lived the story, you know? Uh, I've been feeling more and more impressed by the Lord and even just by timing that it's really important that we get our, our vineyard story collected and to the best of our ability, we need the people who actually live the story to tell the story. You know what I mean? So I got to go up, and I got to do this podcast with Carol, and I was stoked. And not only stoked, but I was nervous. I don't ever get nervous. Uh, speaking doesn't make me nervous. Events don't make me nervous. People don't make me nervous. And before that one, I was like really nervous, you know? And so I sat down, and we start doing the conversation thing that I do with people, and it's really good. And she's just like wonderful. And she's telling us this story. And about, I don't know, about 10 minutes before the podcast is over, Carol just kind of goes to a new level. And she starts dropping these gems. Left. Like the whole thing is good, but the, she just starts dropping these gems. And at one point in the conversation, we're talking about how the vineyard came together. And we're talking about how a lot of the people who really gave the vineyard its formation, that they were powerful people, but they were also like very weak people. Uh, and we were talking about people that um, are just so, so important to our collective story. And these are people who are not perfect in any sense of the word. And, and they're not just weak, they're like really weak, you know? And at, right in that moment, Carol looks at me and she says, you know, Adam, uh, she says, Weakness is not the same thing as wickedness, you know? And then she says to me, and then she's sort of like zooming out a moment later. She says, you know, this whole thing that, that, is hap- that has happened in the vineyard, uh, this is a story about God's mercy. She goes, this is, basically what she was saying was, this is not a story about how certain people were special or certain people were great or certain people were overcomers or anointed. You know, use any spiritual word you want to use there. But it's really a story about God's mercy. Mercy is not the same thing as... Uh, uh, weakness is not the same thing as wickedness. And the whole thing is really a story about God's mercy. 
And, and I was thinking about that this week, that little moment, because of the passage that I wanted to read to you this morning, uh, a passage that's just been in my heart for us this week. And it sort of ties in in, in, a, in its own way. Uh, we could reflect that same story through the Apostle Paul and what he's telling Timothy. And we'll just jump in. This is our text this morning. Paul says this. He says, I think Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. No, that's, this is crazy language when you know Paul's story, right? Yeah, what is this story really about? When you remember who Paul is, he used to be Saul, persecutor of the church. And look at what he says. Jesus has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy. Wait, you're the guy who used to like kill Christians and beat up the church, right? What is this story really about? This is a story about God's mercy. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. Now this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience, even with the worst sinners then others will realize they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He's the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. What a great passage, huh? Here's a trustworthy saying. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the mercy of Jesus. We've hinted that, at that already, but I, in order to do that, I need to just quickly review the story of Saul, who became Paul. I think most of us know it, but it's always good to hear it. Saul was a Jew. He wasn't just a Jew. He was like a professional Jew. He says as much in his letters. He's like, I'm the ultimate Jew. And because he was the ultimate Jew... He was extremely devoted to the law, extremely devoted to the law. He probably had the first five books of the Bible completely memorized, you know, like word for word at any moment. And not only that, uh, he was all the way in on this God thing. So you can't just read his story and go, well, you know, Paul was some sort of godless pagan. No, he was all the way in on the God thing. Everything you saw in the Old Testament Saul was all the way in on it, like knew it, believed it, banked his life on it. And then this guy, Jesus, shows up, who's also a Jew, and Jesus begins to say some new things. Uh, some of those new things would be things like, well, everything you've been waiting on is here with me. You know, everything that God has promised Israel has shown up in me. Uh, Jesus was saying things to the effect of, I am the new Israel. Like all the promises that you thought were going to be later, they're actually now. And then this community forms around Jesus. Jesus is crucified and he's dead and he's buried and he's raised to life. And then, and then that small community sort of explodes under the power of Pentecost. We talked about that a few 
weeks ago. And not only that, but this, this Jesus thing started taking off, you know? And Paul, Saul, uh, hears about this and he's like, no, this is not the thing, right? He's like, no, this is definitely not the thing. And not only is it not the thing, but I have Bible to prove it's not the thing. And so he starts beating up uh, literally, quite literally, not just metaphorically, quite literally beating up people who are into this new thing. And uh, one of the things we know from the book of Acts is that Saul, or Paul, Saul was there in Acts chapter 8 when Stephen was stoned. Do you guys remember that? Like Stephen gets stoned and, and, and Luke gives us this little editorial note kind of on the side that, that Saul was there looking on, giving approval, you know? And so part of what we know is he is devoted, he is all the way in on the God story, and then whatever is happening in Jesus, whatever is happening in Jesus, he's not just against it, he's like all the way against it. He's as against it as a person could be, up to and including he's okay with people who are into the Jesus story, he's okay with them being put to death, he thinks that's a good thing. And if you know the story in Acts chapter 9, Jesus comes to Saul while he's riding his donkey and he's on his way to Damascus and what's he going to do? Persecute Christians. Like he's on a mission from God. It's so he thinks and God confronts him, knocks him off of the donkey. He's like blinded. He can't really see what's going on but he hears a voice and the voice says to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who's Saul persecuting? The church. But Jesus makes it real personal. That's like, that's, my, that's me, you know? And he has this amazing encounter and a guy from another town called Ananias goes and prays for Saul and the blinders fall off of his eyes and then he too becomes uh, a leader in what was called the way. He becomes a Christian. He becomes not just someone who's in but he becomes someone who's a leader and he stays in that same city and he lives in Antioch for a while and all this happens and then he becomes the sort of person who's writing this kind of a thing and what we show or what we see here is that Paul is saying, look, God appointed me to serve him. He considered me trustworthy. And the reason he did it is he wanted everybody to know that if he would choose me and use me, that if he wouldn't give up on me, he won't give up on you. He'll choose you and use you too. You know? And this is the good news. This is good news. And I wanted to tell you this story this morning, mostly because I wanted to share the gospel with everybody in the room. And what is the gospel? It's very simple. Uh, that what Jesus has done for Paul, he will do for us. And not only that, he wants to do that for our neighbors, our friends, our family, and our co-workers as well. Uh, in the very places where you've been wrong or where I've been wrong, uh, in the very places where I've sinned, in the very places I've missed the mark, in the very places that I've totally confused uh, myself and others, uh, in the places where I've opposed the work of God, Jesus wants to come and wake me up just like he did Saul and he wants to welcome me in to his work. I guess the main thing I want to say this morning is that nobody is too far gone. Nobody's too far gone. Like if you're here this morning and you're an absolute wreck, if you're a wreck, and not like a metaphorical wreck, but you're like a real wreck. If you have real problems, you know, and I'm not talking about like, uh, you were not able to afford the extreme package on direct TV. But I'm talking about like if you have real, I'm not talking about if you were unable to upgrade your Netflix subscription to the premium package. 
I'm talking about if you have real problems, you're a real train wreck. There's good news this morning. Jesus welcomes you. You are not too far gone. He welcomes you into his family. And if there are people around you who are a wreck, you know, if there are people around you who are a wreck, don't lose heart. Jesus will welcome them as well. He wants to. Now, this brings up something very, very interesting. Something very interesting. Number one, it brings up the fact that God is generous in his mercy, and I think we've already seen that. This is great news. God is genuinely generous in his mercy. It's really great news, so long as I'm the one who needs it. Right? So long as I'm the one who needs mercy, this is great news. Right? But sometimes it can be a bummer when somebody else needs it. And here's why. Because we tend to live so very tribally. Uh, We tend to divide the world really harshly into us versus them. Sometimes it's easy to receive the mercy of God and then turn around and withhold it from other people. Jesus tells a story about that. Jesus tells a story about people who receive the mercy of God and then turn around and withhold it from other people. Do you guys remember the story of the unmerciful servant? Really quickly, it goes like this. Jesus said, well, one time there was this guy who owed owed a king like a billion dollars. And the king drug him in and said, hey, listen, you owe me a billion dollars and it's time for me to get what's mine. And the guy falls on the ground and says, listen, if you'll just give me time, I'll give you everything. No one can pay back a billion dollars. And the guy's like, fine. You're totally forgiven. I have so much. What's a billion to me anyway? Go on. And then that guy goes out onto the street, and he finds another servant who owes him 10. And he beats him up, and he throws him in jail. And the father says, hey, if you treat people like that, there's nothing coming for you that's going to be good. You know, and you have to ask yourself, why would somebody who had been forgiven a billion go out and beat somebody up over 10? And the only logical answer is the guy who got forgiven a billion didn't think he was really forgiven the billion. He thought he needed to go click the 10, you know, and take it back to the, you know, that's really it. And why am I telling you that? I'm just telling you that because like God's mercy for us is really good news when we need it. But sometimes we live so tribally in the world that we have a real hard time if it's somebody else who needs it, you know? And Jesus says, if you live like that, you could end up in prison and you could never get out. There could be a prison there that you could never get out of if you end up being that kind of person. And to this point, I just love what Paul says in verse 15. Not just that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, but look at the end clause there. He says, I am the worst of them all. Jesus came to save sinners. This is good news if you need it. But then Paul takes away any of our ability to live as a tribal person. He takes away any of our ability to live in a world that's us versus them when he says, and I'm the worst sinner of them all. Paul would not divide the world in a manner which made him in any way superior to anyone else. He didn't look down his nose at other people who were failing. He didn't withhold the good news of Jesus from people who were also ignorant. He didn't alter the message to benefit himself and his group of insiders and kick everyone else to the curb. In fact, that's what he did before, right? That's the thing he got saved from. 
That's the real thing that he got saved from when he was threatened by the message of Jesus, but not now, because the real work of the gospel has a way of connecting us to the rest of the world. It wakes us up to our own need, and not just for a moment at church camp either. Back in 1978. But it keeps us connected to our need of God's mercy. The good news of Jesus Christ is not that God is saving us and no one else, or that God is being merciful to us but not our neighbors, or that God is showing us kindness but not to this group or that group we don't agree with. The good news of Jesus is that he is showing mercy to the whole world. And that includes me, and that includes you, and it, it includes, everything, includes all the people who write mean things on Facebook. Can I tell you who God is showing mercy to this morning? He's showing mercy to me. He's showing mercy to you. He's showing mercy to everybody who wrote something mean on Facebook this week, especially the stuff that makes you roll your eyes the most. The people who most, most infuriate you this week, God is being merciful to them, and he feels about them the way he feels about you. That's how he feels. It means that, that God was kind to a murderer like Paul, and he made him a preacher, it means that if he did that, he'll be kind to us. Uh, but if he's kind to us, if he's kind to us, it means that he'll also be kind to people maybe we were hoping he wouldn't be kind to. It means that whatever the gospel is, uh, it's for everybody in Taylor County and Greene County. and Russell County, and Adair, and it's even for Marion County. <laughs> it means that the good news is for, it's for Meadow Creek, and Smith Ridge, and Martin Luther King, and Pinnacle Point. It's for trailer park people and the golf course neighborhood. It's for South Campbellsville and everything that's on the north side of Broadway. It's for everybody who's in the room, everybody who's here, and it's for people who are not here. What God has done for Paul, he's doing for all of us. And we don't get to divide the world into those who get it and those who don't. Uh, I hope you noticed this morning that Paul didn't say, I was the worst. He says, I am the worst. I've been really touched by the present tense of that this week. I just want you to also know, I don't think that means walking around acting like a worm. Walking around not allowing ourselves to feel and to know the love of God. It's not about keeping people low and afraid. Instead, it's like a high-end awareness of our need. And the thing I wanted to tell the church this morning is that we never outgrow our need for mercy. Uh, no one ever matures past grace. Uh, devotion doesn't mature you past your need for mercy. Uh, memorizing scripture won't do it. The theological battles won't do it. Trying to decide who's in and who's out won't do it. Being sincere won't do it. I hope you know that. When Paul was persecuting the church, he was totally sincere. He thought he was doing the right thing. There's something else. 
and it's the mercy and the kindness of God. Uh, so what do we do? So what do we do? I just want to really, really quickly talk to two groups of people here for a moment. What do we do? For those of us who have heard the message and in some way responded, we're called to just share that message. And here's what I want you to know. You don't have to have a microphone, uh, and you don't need a stage. In fact, avoid it if you can. <laughs> but if you've received the mercy, you have to share the mercy. It's actually the only way to keep the mercy. It's the weirdest thing. It's that story that Jesus told, like, if you become the servant who's received the mercy and won't give the mercy, what happens? It, it gets taken away from you, you know, in this really strange way. The only way to keep the mercy is to receive it, but then also to share it. How do you share it? Uh, really easy. You, you just tell your story. Tell people what happened to you, you know? Uh, and it doesn't have to be some big, long, drawn-out thing either. Tell people how you've encountered God, how you've experienced the mercy of God in your life. Or, or better yet, just show people mercy. You know, when they really, really need it, show people mercy. Uh, find the weakest people and show them the mercy. Find the people who are most on the edges and give them the mercy. Because that's what God has done for the whole world. That's what he's doing in his son. And if there's no mercy for the weakest people, there's no mercy for us either. We just have to share it. It's the only way to keep it. So if you've encountered the mercy of God, if you've been baptized in our little trough up here that we bought at Tractor Supply, <laughs> if that's you, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, prove your baptism by being merciful. Live into your baptism. That's why you got in the water. That's why I got in the water. For those of us who have heard the message and then in some ways responded, uh, one way to keep entering into salvation is to keep knowing that you actually need it. Paul says that Christ Jesus came to save sinners. If you want to live deeply into the saved life, I have to stay connected to my need for His grace and mercy. The truth is, Christians are sinners and Christians are saints. But if we ever let go of the notion that we're sinners who need the mercy of God, we somehow mysteriously lose the very thing that Jesus came to give us. We never outgrow it. If you're here this morning and you have heard some of this message before, or maybe you're just now hearing it today, but you've never responded, I just want you to know this message is for you. And you're not too far gone. You're not too far away uh, you're not too out of touch for Jesus. Jesus laid down his life for you. Paul says in another place that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not after we were better, but before. This is the gospel. While we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. He laid down his life when no one had anything to offer him. The whole thing is a story of his mercy and his goodness. This morning, if you've heard that and know it, keep sharing it. Here's my prayer for vineyard people, that we'd be people who'd extend mercy to people, that we'd be people who gave grace, 
that we'd be people who make space for people, that we'd be people who put out fires, that we'd be people who bring peace, that we'd be people who'd live into the Beatitudes, that we'd be uh, peacemakers, that we'd show ourselves to be sons and daughters of God, right? That's my prayer, that we'd receive the mercy of God, but then we'd also give the mercy of God. That'd be my prayer. If you've never responded to that, man, my prayer for you is that you'd, that you'd begin to walk with Jesus, that you'd receive his mercy, that you wouldn't consider yourself too far gone, that you'd come on in because there's room enough for you. Like nobody here really has it together. I've been doing this long enough to know. I know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> My prayer for our church is that we'd, be, that we'd be known in town as a place of mercy. My prayer in our city is that we'd be known as a, as a house of mercy. Can I tell you what will happen if we become a house of mercy? We'll be really attractive to people who are on the edges and people who are marginalized and people who don't really have a spot. We'll be really attractive. And historically, that's always who we've been. And here's, here's the other part, too. Uh, people who want to divide the world won't get what we're about. And that's okay. That's literally okay. Why? Because God's got mercy for them, too. You know? Yeah. I, I, my prayer is that we, would, that we would show some of this First Timothy chapter 1 stuff to some people. That we'd really live with the message that Christ Jesus came to world, into the world to save sinners and we're the worst. You know? That he has something for us. And then we can share it. That's what people need. I think the reason this resonates so much with me this last week or two is I've just seen... In our city, man, I've seen so much anger. And then, you know, people get angry about people who really need the mercy of the Lord. It's like, well, how are those people ever going to find God if you get so angry and you cut the ears off of people who need to hear them, right? That's, that's, like, that's like when Peter took out his sword and cut Malchus's ear off. Like the very guy who needed to hear about Jesus, Peter cuts his, cuts his ear off with his sword thinking that he's right. Jesus picks the ear up, puts it right back on. You know, it's like, and at the same time, at the same time, there's like this, this is how insidious self-righteousness is. Uh, you can be on the side of the weak and the people who are, who are not making room for weak people, you can get really angry at them and cut their ear off. And I think that Jesus came to show mercy to sinners and that we need to be those people. My prayer is that we would not be Malchus, but who gets an ear cut off, and that we would not be Peter who does the cutting, but that we'd be Jesus who is in some ways restoring people's ears to the good news that God has shown mercy to the world. Okay, that's today's message. Mm. Yeah, I feel the Lord. Yeah, if you're on the ministry team this morning, you can come on up if you're here and alive. You can stand up. I want to pray for us. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.